Hello and welcome to number two of our Power Up Your Semester series. I work in the Student Success Resource Center for the College of Humanities and Social Sciences here at the University of Northern Colorado. And today we are going to talk about how to power up your project and task management. And this does build a little bit on the first episode of this series, which was on power up your planning. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, you know, we'll put we'll put the link in the bio. But here we go. So uh, the goals kind of for today, when we're talking about powering up our project and task management, is really how to plan your projects out so you're able to make some progress. You understand your deadlines, your checkpoints, and you're kind of working on it to help combat some of that procrastination and feeling overwhelmed. We're going to talk about how specifically you can make progress in your projects and tasks, and we're going to talk about what tools can help you get there. So first step in, in powerful project management is going to be preparing for the projects. And so we have three questions that you can answer to really get those projects ready, kind of power up your timeline. Um, and so your first step is always going to be answering these three. And that's when is the project due? Right, so we got to look at the syllabus, look at Canvas, um, think about if it's a work project or a personal project, figure out when is it due? When do you need or want to be done with it? Uh, second, you got to identify what is involved. What are the tasks and the steps? You know, all the little sub things that have to happen for you to actually finish that project or the task. And then last, we got to figure out and kind of estimate how long we need. Um, and this last one, it is about kind of learning and knowing yourself as well um, and the type of task and project. Because some things are just going to take us longer um, because maybe it takes a little bit longer for you to read than it is to write. Maybe it depends on the class. Some classes, you, know, you might have had that professor before or that topic before. And so things go a little faster because you know more about it than you know a class you have never been introduced to before. Um, so these are the three questions that we really want to think about to create a powerful kind of project management plan um, as that first step. So let's go through an example. So with planning, right, we want to start with the due date and we're actually going to work backwards across the week. Uh, and so when you made your power planning, uh, you went through, right, and we figured out, okay, what were my time sensitive, my time specific events? Those were the exam dates, the project due dates, the work events, the things that cannot be moved, we built them into our power plan first. So when you pull up right, your power plan, you see, okay, I have this project due you know, at the end of the week. You can work backwards and you can block out some of that time in your power plan itself. So let's kind of answer this with a scenario. Question one, right? when is the project or the task due? So let's say we have a quiz that is actually due on Friday, at 1 p.m. Make sure you take that extra step to check when it's actually due. Don't assume it's gonna be midnight um, because things change. And so check for every class, every assignment, every exam, quiz that you actually look and write down the time that it is due. Um, so that way you don't miss anything. You don't lose out on any of those late you know, penalty points. So our quiz is due Friday at 1 p.m. We got it in our power plan. So question two, 
identifying what specifically is involved in that project or that task. Right? So for me to be successful in the quiz on Friday, I need to read chapter two, that's what my quiz is over, and I need to complete my notes summary. And the note summary is actually a worksheet that the Student Success Resource Center has on their website to help you kind of really process and create a one-page summary sheet of, of your chapters, your lectures. It's just a great opportunity to really capture that, that information, those key points, one neat little page to help you with studying and processing and practicing later. So for me to be successful and powerful in my quiz Friday, I have to read the chapter that it's on and I got to create my notes summary sheet for it. And then question three, how long do I need? Well, this chapter is a bit long. It's on a new topic. So I know I need at least two hours to get through the chapter of reading and like half an hour to really fill out my summary sheet, you know, review any terms I didn't understand, reread any paragraphs as I'm trying to fill that out. So in total, right, I know on Friday at 1 p.m. is the quiz. That's when it's due, which means I need to take it a little bit before, right? I know I need to read a whole chapter, and that's going to take me about two hours, and then I need to do my summary sheet so I understand the topic, the material, and I'm ready for the quiz. That's going to take another half an hour. So when we're working backwards, we're literally looking at the calendar and kind of blocking out the time we identify for each of those tasks. So Friday is when the quiz is due. Um, even though it's due at 1 p.m., I'm gonna tell myself that it's due at like noon, for example. So that way I get it done in case there's any issues it's taken care of. So if it's due on Friday, that means you know Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, I all have tasks that kind of spread out. So I'm gonna start my reading for this quiz on Tuesday. And I'm only gonna read for an hour, try to get through the first half of the chapter. Um, because it's just really dense. It's actually a little bit better if we can break up our work and re-engage with the material over multiple days um, as an extra way to process that information and kind of study along the way, um, rather than sort of reading it all in one big session. By the end, we're going to be burned out. We're probably not going to really get the information and then having to like cram right before. So Tuesday, I'm going to read for one hour, one hour done. Wednesday, I'm gonna read for another hour, right? And, and that will get all of my reading done. I had estimated it would take about two hours for me to read. So I spread those two hours out over Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday is when I'm gonna actually review the material and complete my summary. So about half an hour, I'll schedule into my power plan and my flex time. Um, flex time, right, being the, the ways and the places we fill in the gaps in between our time-specific events like the quiz and our self-care events. Uh, and all together, we have that two and a half hours we estimated, and now I'm ready for the quiz without you know, taking up too, too much time and kind of getting through it, spreading it out over the week so it's manageable, it's not overwhelming, and I'm actually engaging with the information and the material over multiple days and kind of really learning it throughout the week. Uh, so that is just kind of big picture a key thing to prepare for your projects is just making your kind of mini power plan on how you're going to get that task or project done. Work backwards from when it's due, estimate how much time you need for all of the subtasks, and then count it out um, and, and start early. Um, and so this is a really good, you know, example. 
of how to break out your projects. So the big picture, main takeaway in, in powerful project management is identifying and planning the time that you actually need to do it. Um, and, and if you take that you know, step nice and early to figure out, okay, what is gonna be my mini plan for the project? Then you can break it up over multiple days. Um, it'll be a little easier to manage multiple projects, right? All of your classes at the same time, because you might have two classes with a due date, you know, both on Friday. And so by breaking it into one hour for this class on Tuesday, another hour for class, your second class on Tuesday, and same with Wednesday, breaking it up, you'll get both projects done by Friday um, and kind of be more powerful, prepared and engaged with the material because you worked on it a little bit every single day. All right, so now that you kind of have your, your power plan for your projects in place by working backwards from the due date, giving yourselves the time that you know you need for that type of task, let's talk about progress strategies. So how can we actually keep track of the progress we're making on these projects um, and get all the way through them? And the first one that we're gonna talk about is time blocking as a strategy. And then the second strategy is going to be task switching. Now time blocking in a nutshell is just designating periods of time for specific tasks. And there's a few ways that you could block out your time that way. Um, and as we talked about in the power planning session, uh, you could use your digital, you know, your calendar app to actually block out and say, okay, this is what I'm gonna use for class one, set a reminder, you know, your phone, your computer can alert you to it. Otherwise you can block out, uh, you know, that time frame using something like color coding um, and telling yourself, okay, during this block of time, here's what I'm working on. Now within your time blocks, you could be a lot more flexible. So flexible is where you say, okay, in the morning, I'm gonna work on X and I'm gonna work on Y. So your block is pretty big. You have two or three things that you know you wanna accomplish in that block, um, but it's just a little more flexible on when you work on it, um, kind of within the morning uh, and how you, you start those projects. If flexible and kind of having that too broad of time, you know, isn't quite your style, you could be a lot more structured in your time blocking. And so a much more structured time block would be, okay, from nine to 10, I'm gonna work on X. So you would say, this is the hour I'm going to do this. And you set your alarm um, or whatever other kind of cues that help you. And then you work on X. And then from 10 to 10.30, that's when you're gonna go, you know, grab a snack at the commons, you're gonna make breakfast, get your coffee, but you know, okay, 10 to 10.30 is your kind of rest, recharge, eating block. And then 10.30 to noon, you're gonna work on why. So kind of the main difference between the flexible is a way bigger block, something like this morning, here's the three things I need to accomplish, but you let yourself kind of do it as you feel inspired to. Whereas the structured, you actually identify this hour is dedicated to this task, this half hour is dedicated to this task, uh, and you can go through your whole day like that. Um, if you really are a fan of structured time blocking, again, one of these pre-printed styles of planner might be really beneficial for you because often they are gonna have the times blocked out and written for you already on the day. Um, whereas some other types of planners or if you use a bullet journal, you know, that's gonna be a lot more time for you to, to fill in. 
Uh, so kind of think about, do you like more flexible blocks of time or do you really do better if you structure it out and set alarms and reminders for the tasks you're gonna work on? Uh, another thing we're gonna get into with time blocking um, is what we call Pomodoro. And so this can kind of be nested um, within both flexible and structured time blocks. But the big thing with the top Pomodoro is sort of deciding how many Pomodoro sessions you're gonna work on something. So you could say instead of nine to 10, you might say, okay, this morning I'm gonna do two sessions of Pomodoro for you know, class one or for activity X. Now I wanna get into Pomodoro a bit more. Um, and so this technique, the, the big picture is you're gonna have very focused time where you're working on a task for a set session. And so usually it's gonna be 20 to 25 minutes. Um, don't take your Pomodoros too much more than that, kind of stick with that nice 20 to 25 minute mark. And so you set a timer for your 20 minute session. And during those 20 minutes, you are working on the task that you, you decided you outlined. So you are reading for 20 straight minutes, you know, trying to be very focused, very intentional, or you are going to write for 20 straight minutes on your paper, um, or you're gonna study your flashcards for 20 straight minutes. Um, and the Pomodoro can be really helpful if you feel you know, overwhelmed by the thought of like, I have to study for two hours, like ooh, um, which two hours is a very long study session. So instead, it feels a little bit better to say, okay, I'm gonna commit to three Pomodoros of studying. It's just 20 minutes each. So just take it 20 minutes at a time. Um, especially if you start to feel overwhelmed, 20 minutes, you got this. Um, and then after your Pomodoro's up, so after the 20 focus minutes, then you take a five to 10 minute break, you know, walk around, do some stretches, watch a quick YouTube video, whatever it is. But once that 10 minute timer ends, you start your second Pomodoro session or your next one. Um, and so then you do another really focused 20 minutes. This is the thing that you are working on. You're making progress. Um, and so you can measure and decide on your progress for your different tasks and the projects in Pomodoro measurements um, instead of trying to commit like, it's gonna be an hour. Um, you can instead say, I know I need three Pomodoros to do this. And then one, two, three, you knock out your sessions. Um, the other thing that you can do um, is called task switching um, as far as kind of how you're making progress on these projects. So whereas time blocking, you said, okay, I am just working on this task for this set amount of time, task switching is a lot more fluid and can be um, really great if your brain kind of likes to go in different ways or if your, your work is very connected and parallel. So a task switching, right, you might be reading. So you start out, I'm reading my chapter. And as, as I'm reading, I realize, oh my gosh, this is important for the paper that's, that's coming up, that's gonna be due next week. So I actually stop the task of reading. I switch, I open up my paper, you know, my, my computer, my Word document, and then go ahead and add that information that I just read and the citation, you know, the sources to my paper. And so I finish that task. And then I go back to reading. Um, and then uh, maybe I'm reading some more and it was, ooh, you know, the lecture was just posted. Um, if you get to have like recorded lectures, for example. And so you might read, you know, the first part, stop the task of reading, 
switch to the task of listening to the lecture through kind of that topic you just read, stop listening to the lecture, go back to reading, you know, read kind of the next section, and then go back, listen to the lecture for that next section as you're talking about it. And so the big kind of picture of task switching is really you're doing um, connected kind of tasks. And so you don't want to task switch between your classes. Um, you don't want to like completely shift gears and change topics, you know, keep it related. Um, so, and I find it really efficient um, when I'm writing papers to, okay, as soon as I read something that, or I hear something in the lecture, or I, I get information that I know I need in my paper, I just stop that task, put it on pause, switch over to my paper task, you know, write that paragraph or that sentence, add that citation real quick, and then, you know, stop, save, close that, go back to reading. Um, so you might try task switching within your classes, but again, do not recommend sort of reading, stop, read for a completely different class, you know, unless they're super connected and related. Uh, now, kind of a sub strategy, if you're going to be doing task switching, um, but you could do the sticky note method um, regardless if you're doing time blocking. Um, but this is really to help you actually track the progress and is especially helpful if you're a task switcher. So the sticky note method um, basically gives you a visual of all of the tasks that you're working on. Um, so you can really keep track of where they're at. So you want to choose um, a few different colors of sticky notes and kind of designate them for task type. So first you'll go through, you know, um, on a weekly basis, let's say Sundays at 2 p.m. is when you open up Canvas. You're going to look at all of your syllabus and see what are the tasks um, and projects that I need to do this week. And so then you're going to write them all out on a sticky note, one sticky note per, per task. So if you have readings, maybe that's purple. That's going to be your purple sticky notes. Um, and so you write, okay, chapter two for class one. I need to read chapter four for class two and so on. And so you read, you put all of your purple reading sticky notes on the wall. And then you're going to look there and say, okay, I have some quizzes and discussion posts. Let's say those are yellow sticky notes. Go through, okay, I have a quiz on this chapter. I have to do a discussion post here. Write down the due dates for them. Those all go on sticky note. Boom, you have all your yellow discussion posts and quiz sticky notes on the wall. Uh, and then maybe you have some personal projects or tasks that you need to do. Those could be orange sticky notes. Boom, put those on the wall. Uh, and then maybe you have your larger kind of paper or project sticky notes, let's say those are pink, um, and you'll write down all the tasks related to the different projects you have. So once you have your sticky notes written out, you're going to line them up on like the wall or your desk, a table, the back of your door, just somewhere that um, is really visual and you can move them around. You might need a little piece of tape to make sure that they stick. And so you wanna line them up with a to-do section, an in-progress section, and a done section. So, you know, Sunday at 2 p.m. when you're going through all your canvas shells and your syllabi, you're writing your sticky notes, they're all going to go in your to-do section. And this can be a little overwhelming at first seeing all the tasks that you have, but now you know everything is there. It's a lot less likely for you to miss or skip something because you have them written out and visualized. Um, and it can be really rewarding to see, right, this really big list kind of shrink as you go down. Um, and so kind of the next step, as you start working on it, you're going to move the sticky note, boom, to the in-progress section. 
Um, and then once you finish it, you move it to the done section. And that's how you can kind of really visualize and keep track of things. And this sticky note method can be really helpful when you are task switching, because uh, you can remember, okay, I was reading, that's in progress. Oh, and I found some sources and citations for my paper. So now that sticky note's in progress. Um, so it just helps make sure you don't kind of forget things. Um, and it's a really quick way to look and see, okay, what things are still in progress? Haven't I quite finished up yet? What things do I still need to start? How do I need to plan my flex time to get through all of the sticky notes that I have? Now, the big thing to remember, no matter how you're organizing your time or making your progress tracking, is that multitasking is not real. It's not really real. Um, and so you wanna plan out and protect time for you to focus on one task. So if you're using time blocking, right, you decide this 45 minute block is specifically for this one task. If you're using task switching, you're saying, okay, I am solely focused on this one task. I'm going to stop this task for a few minutes. I'm going to start this new task because it's something very related. I'm gonna do that only for a few minutes. I'm gonna stop that task, go back to my first task. So the big difference between multitasking and task switching is you're recognizing I am focusing only on one task at a time. I'm just jumping around because there's some information that related um, and I can make some progress on everything in that hour. Whew. So we have some tools to help you. Really big on tools. Anytime you're starting new habits and strategies, it's of course important that you use the tools and resources to help get you there, to clear the path, um, make sure that your elephant and your rider are really moving forward. Um, and so the Student Success Resource Center website has tons of free success guides and templates for you to download and give it a shot. Um, we also have a YouTube channel that explains all of the worksheets. And so we're gonna go through two um, examples that you might find extra helpful. One is our project management worksheet and the other is our study schedule worksheet to really help you plan out your project and task and, and study schedule management. Hey Bears, this video walks through our project management worksheet as an example. So let's say I have a research paper and I'm looking at the impacts of social distancing on Hollywood. So first, I need to make sure to get all the due dates in line from the syllabus and what my instructor said. So I have like a draft one on the 29th, another one on the 12th, and then the final paper due. Now, if you're working in a group, make sure to get your group members' names and contact information down as well. This worksheet is best if you fill it out at your first meeting. Now we're just identifying the tasks that need to be completed. So try to brainstorm and write down all the major sections and items that need to be done. And then you can divvy up the work uh, to keep it equal and fair. Now since writing things like the intro and conclusion tends to be a little shorter than writing full sections, you can see how member one is actually gonna work on the PowerPoint as well. After you have all the tasks completed, you know, you just wanna set an actual timeline. It can help uh, with procrastination and just make sure everybody is accountable. If you're not working in a group, you would just fill this out with your own deadlines to keep yourself accountable. Now, looking at the calendar and thinking ahead to the due dates, we wanna have these check-ins and the things done a couple days before it's actually due in class to give yourself and your team time to refine and adjust. Then we just wanna make sure to identify how we're gonna check in 
whether it's a Teams meeting, a Skype, maybe it's your group chat. And to end, I just like to bold everything. And when you're going through the check-in, just make sure you're realistic and keeping yourself accountable. Perfect. So this project management worksheet uh, is really there to help you identify all the tasks in your project and then help you create that true timeline. And then you have this nice one-page document that you can print out. Um, you could save to your desktop, have it really accessible so you don't miss out on any of your checkpoints and timelines. Hey Bears, this video shows you how to use the study schedule worksheet to prep for an upcoming exam. So first look over your syllabus for the format. Are you taking a multiple choice test with definitions or do you need to be prepared with context and examples for short answer or essay? Knowing the format can help you be effective. Now step one is about getting focused. Look over the feedback on your past exams and quizzes to see what you need to put more energy in. Then get the options. Studying is not an actual thing. We need to complete activities to study. So outline exactly what you'll be doing to practice with the material. Getting real means planning when and how long you will do that activity. Remember, some and soon are not part of the plan. And last, get your deadlines in order. If the test is next Wednesday, when do you need to start studying to allow enough time? Try to start four to five days in advance with 30 minute blocks multiple times a day so you don't cram and get burned out. And similar, the study schedule worksheet, if you go through and answer the questions, it's going to help you identify, okay, what do you need to focus on and study for? How much time do you need to plan out? What actually you're going to do to study? Because uh, study itself is not an actual thing. We, we need to do actions to accomplish the studying, whether it's creating flashcards or writing practice essays, or you know, coming up with different examples and defining terms. Make sure you really get concrete with what are you doing to study and when are you gonna study? Again, working backwards from the date of the exam to ensure you have plenty of time to review the material and nice short spurts, really reprocess it and not cram um, you know, the whole day before. Now I want to talk for just a moment about group projects. We can see in the project management uh, example worksheet that it, it kind of outlined it for a group project. But just remember that these strategies, the tools that work for you on individual tasks, will still work for your group projects too. Um, and so bright spots, these are things that are helping us. They're helping us be successful. We want to emulate them. And so find the bright spots that help you be successful and then apply it to your group work. So for example, time blocking might look like a co-work session on Zoom or a time where you and your study group go to the library. Um, and so a co-work session on Zoom just means that you create a Zoom meeting and then you and your group all log in and decide this is when we're just gonna work on it. Um, you might need to collaborate, but also it could be a time where you say, okay, one person, you know, you're working on the intro, I'm working on section one, you know, this other person's working on section two, we're just all gonna hop on Zoom, you know, mute our um, microphones and just type those sections. Um, so that way you can all just have a nice designated block of time to work on it. Um, sticky notes, the sticky note method also can work for your group because um, there's a lot of apps out there. Um, and so if you have any kind of to-do app, we can create buckets and, and organize people, um, then, then that can work really well and your whole group can share and collaborate. So one free one out there is Trello. Um, and so you can create these nice little task buckets of you know doing, done, in progress, need help on, um, and then actually write out the task and who is working on that. So don't forget these tools absolutely apply for group projects and the same as they would your individual work.
the big picture and the main takeaway about powering up your project and task management is really, you know, spacing out and planning the work. You know, just make sure that you recognize how much time you need to complete it and then space it out, you know, over a week um, to reduce the overall stress that you have, increase the number of times you're actually you know, working with and processing the information and allowing enough time for you to make progress on all of your tasks and all of your projects, just a little bit every day, you know, adds up to a lot of work accomplished by the end of the week. So create that timeline with the checkpoints that you're aiming to hit. It gives you a nice goal. So your writer, right, we want to direct the writer to exactly what it is we want to accomplish and do. Um, and so creating these checkpoint timelines, give your writer a really good sense of, by Wednesday, I need to have read pages 40 through 65. Boom, you know that's the goal. All right, thank you so much for joining in this series number two of the Power Up Your Semester. So the first series was Power Plan, and that's with your power planning. We talked about starting with time-specific events. Make sure you get those down. That is your class times your exam and project due dates, it's your family and friend events that can't be moved. Um, it's all the things that are only happening on this specific time of day, you gotta build your calendar around those. Then we take care of self-care time because we need to recharge, especially you know in 2021, make sure that you have that time to recharge, rejuvenate yourself, focus on your needs so you're extra powerful the rest of the time. And then you fill in your flex time last. So after you have your time-specific events, you've dedicated your self-care time, everything else is that flex time where you're going to be filling in your, your project kind of power timeline, figuring out when it is you're going to study and read and do this and that. Today, we talked about power tasks, so identifying those checkpoints for your tasks and projects, and then finding the system that's going to help you keep track of your progress whether it's blocking out time with a really flexible or a super structured method, maybe use Pomodoros to measure, okay, I'm going to work on this project for two Pomodoros today. Um, or maybe you're using the sticky note method and kind of task switching. Just make sure you have a system to keep track of the work that you're doing and the projects and your tasks so nothing falls through the cracks. Now, the last uh, episode in this series is going to be on powering up your mind. And we're really going to focus on shrieking those barriers to help you stay motivated and actually moving forward. Uh, so tune in and go Bears. Have a good semester. Let's power it up.